Well, this morning, as we continue thinking about this mutiny against excess that we have been talking about over the last few weeks, we're going to kind of be thinking more from a theoretical point of view a little bit this morning as we talk about this idea of possessions and treasures and earth and heaven and all those kinds of good things. We've been talking about food and hunger and the ways in which we're called to respond. We've talked about our clothing and the ways in which we can uh, be more aware of how our, our uh, consumer choices make a difference in the lives of people around the world. And uh, so today we're going to continue thinking about these things. Um, one thing that I did want to offer you after talking last week about some of these things, uh, there's a, this great little app called Done Good that Sherry Hottie told us about. And uh, you can find um, different uh, ethical retailers that you can purchase from and uh, different, um, uh, they're eco-friendly and they are sustainable. They also uh, will uh, avoid any uh, slave labor, things like that. So done good, I would recommend it to you um, as a way for you to engage as an educated consumer. So today, we're going to be continuing uh, thinking about the Sermon on the Mount. And this uh, chapter of Matthew, chapter 6 here, starts out by saying, Beware of practicing your piety before others. And that's what this really is. This Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' way of helping us think about how we are practicing our faith. Because faith is not just a set of beliefs. It's not just a set of facts that we ascribe to. It is a practice. It is a way of living. And this idea of piety there is dikaiosune from the Greek uh, can be interpreted as piety or righteousness or even justice. Beware of practicing your justice. Beware of practicing your righteousness. Living out your salvation is what this is talking about. And this idea of heaven that Jesus is talking about in this particular, these particular verses refers to kind of the ultimate goal of salvation. The ultimate goals of piety and righteousness and justice. I want to start by telling you a story of a bumper sticker. Now, I'm not normally a bumper sticker guy, but when I was in high school, I got a bumper sticker for my car. And this was for my very first car that I ever owned by myself. I got this 1986 Volkswagen Jetta from a friend of my dad's, and I paid all of $200 for it. It was awesome. (laughs) It had a sunroof. Never mind that you had to like crank the sunroof open, but it had a sunroof. And I bought like a little stereo for it a couple of times because they kept getting stolen. It wasn't the most secure car there was out there. 
But I loved, I loved this Volkswagen Jetta. And even though it didn't look like much and the muffler fell off every now and then and I had to reattach it with JB Weld and all these things, you know, it was, it was my car. Um, and, and so I put this bumper sticker on it and it's, the bumper sticker read, don't let the car fool you. My treasure is in heaven. <laughs> you know, this whole idea of, you know, this may be a beater of a car, but my ultimate treasure is in heaven. Now, I didn't quite, I guess, catch the second part of that first verse of chapter 6 where it says, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. I guess I didn't quite get that part of the message. You know, this was definitely a, uh, hey, look at me. I'm Christian. I'm doing awesome things. And uh, I have treasure in heaven that you don't know anything about. And it's awesome. So I was like in the midst of trying to store up treasure in heaven. And I, I often interpreted this passage when I was in high school as thinking of, uh, thinking of this idea of tr- storing up treasures in heaven as like I had this heavenly bank account, right? That somehow I was um, doing good deeds and crediting my bank account. Like every time I did something good, that was like a deposit in my bank account in heaven. And every time I might have screwed up or did something bad, maybe that was a debit out of my account. And then hopefully by the time you die, that maybe you've got enough credits to get you by, right? That maybe hopefully you're in the black by the time, you know, heaven rolls around. But what was Jesus talking about when Jesus was talking about treasure? There's definitely this idea that Jesus is setting up a dichotomy between earthly treasure and heavenly treasure. But I'm not sure if I totally understood it at that time. Because I don't think we have to earn our way into heaven. In fact, you can't. And in fact, you can't earn your worthiness with God either. So what about this treasure. Treasures on earth, I think Jesus is pointedly referring to our possessions in this case. I think that's plain. Jesus is saying, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves can break in and steal. Yeah, like, why did I keep buying radios or stereos for my VW Jetta? They just kept getting stolen, right? These things that we have, these things that we collect are temporary. They don't last. They break down. They get stolen. They rust. They get destroyed. Now, every time I think of the word treasure, I can't help but think of pirates, right? And, and those great movies back in the day of the you know Pirates of the Caribbean and... Uh, Jack Sparrow and him searching for treasure. Like a a whole, the pirate's whole life is based on treasure, right? And finding treasure and protecting the treasure and burying the treasure and keeping it and and all these kinds of things, right? Map, making maps. You had to have a treasure map. I remember reading Treasure Island when I was a kid and just loving that book. And um, this whole idea is pirates are consumed by 
treasure, right? And finding treasure and gaining treasure. So how do we live our lives like pirates at times? Are we consumed by our possessions? Are we consumed by finding and placing value in earthly possessions? I think there's one difference uh, for sure between an earthly treasure and a heavenly treasure, and that's that an earthly treasure is something you work to get. It's something you can collect and try to hold on to. But a heavenly treasure, I think, is something that you have to work at in order to give away. A heavenly treasure is something that is is to be given. It's not something you can grasp and hold on to. It's not really a bank account that you can store up credits for. There's kind of this idea that earthly treasures are temporary, but heavenly treasures are eternal. They're, they're spiritual. There's, there's something abstract about them. Maybe they're more action-based. Now, the Sermon on the Mount, as I mentioned earlier, is Jesus talking to us about the combination of faith and ethics. All of these things that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount are ways of helping us put our faith into action. Of actually putting boots on the ground with our faith. Putting where the rubber meets the road. All those kinds of you know, good cliches. So the the question that Jesus is asking is how does your faith make an actual impact on the real stuff of life? Do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven on earth, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, this idea of heaven in the Jewish context was an eschatological Idea. Now that's a big word. Eschatology is the uh, kind of the the theological thinking about what's going to happen in the end. Like where is this all headed? Where is the earth headed? Where are we headed? What what does heaven look like? Eschatology is kind of the it's a hopeful future. And when we think about heaven, we often describe it, right? It's an ideal place. It's where there is no more pain or sorrow or suffering or anything like that. It's where we'll see all of our family and friends and dogs again and all those kinds of things, right? Have any of y'all been watching The Good Place on, on TV? Anybody? Yeah, a few people? All right. It's, it, that's kind of what is the picture of heaven, is this idea that it's this perfect place where nothing goes wrong. But in eschatology, heaven is not just a future thing to hope for. It's not just a place. It's a set of ideals. 
It's a set of values. It's a paradigm for living. Okay? So it's something that is not just way off in the future. It's something that can be realized in the here and now. It's something that we can experience in the here and now. Heaven is something that can be known and seen in the here and now. One of my favorite authors, Richard Rohr, says, we have heaven and hell inside each one of us. We have the ability to experience and know heaven as a reality as individuals. This idea is kind of, uh, this idea of eschatology is there's both a future eschatology and a realized eschatology. It's it's like a, a mortgage. Now, this analogy will break down at some point, but stick with me for a second. Eschatology is like a mortgage, all right? So the future eschatology is that the mortgage will be paid off. There will be no more debt. We'll have financial freedom and the whole world will be right, right? So once we pay off the mortgage, you know, that idea of that future reality that's maybe gonna come true, maybe, I don't know, maybe someday, like way in the future, Will it ever come true? I don't know. But it's this future hope for a world where mortgages no longer exist, all right? (laughs) Where that payment every month stops showing up, where we no longer owe the debt, all right? So it's this future hope. Now, realized eschatology is the equity that we have in our house in the here and now. It's the amount of the house we actually own, right? Not the, the mortgage, but it's the amount of the house that we actually own. Realized eschatology is how much money we actually have invested in the house. That's not going towards interest. It's the principal being paid down. It's, it's our equity. So this idea that Jesus, I think, is trying to get across, the do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, is that we are called, can you hear him calling? Can you hear him calling, as the song said earlier? We are called to live into the equity available to us now. We are called to realize some of heaven on earth. Just as it says in the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven, your your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, here's the thing about the way that I used to interpret this. I used to interpret this, right, as if you do good deeds, then you're setting, you, you, you are storing up treasures in heaven. You're, you're putting credits into your bank account. Now, that's fine. If you do those things, you are actually living into the future now. You're participating in the kingdom of God now. 
But what God is calling us to do is to realize that we don't have to earn it. We already have the gift of God's grace and can live into it even now. Ilya Dalio is a Franciscan nun. I want to hear what you, what she, I want you to hear what she says about heaven. Heaven is earth transformed by love when earthly life is lived in love. There's a lot in that statement. Let me say it one more time. Heaven is earth transformed by love when earthly life is lived in love. The question of heaven is not one of worthiness before God, but accepting God's invitation to life. The question of heaven is not one of worthiness before God. This is not something that we can continue to put credits in. It's something that we are invited to live in real life, to live in the realized eschatology, to live in the equity that God gives us even now so that we can live life abundantly. Because where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. We are not called to live like pirates. We are not called to live with an economy of scarcity where we're trying to get and get and get. We're called to live life that is to the fullest, that is abundant. And so we're invited into heaven on earth. We're invited to experience the reality of God's love that is eternal, that cannot be destroyed, that cannot rust, that cannot be stolen from anyone, that can be shared, that gives and gives grace upon grace. We are called to be givers, not getters. We're called to realize God's ultimate hope for humanity even now. We're called to live into God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.